Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. New Amsterdam Radio starts now. Football boys, the mayor in the mayor's office. How's everyone living? I hope it's well. And while we're seeing all that, let me get all the housekeeping out the way. New Amsterdam Radio is the flagship show of the New Amsterdam Entertainment Empire. Learn more at newamsterdam.com. That's kwamsterdam.com. You know, if you guys listen to my sister shows, we're talking about Draped in Gold or even on the Spotify side with Mac Mania. As of this recording, I'm still with them. I'm a big fan of professional wrestling, the collar and elbow. And yes, I know it's predetermined. I don't use the F word and fake, but I do appreciate it. It is pathos. It is drama. It is theater and around for a brand new generation. And we had some wrestling related guests on the show before, uh, Marie Shadows, Brian Tronic. But this week, we are hanging with an official. Scarlett Donovan is a professional wrestling referee, but there's more to Scarlett than just counting shoulders, hence the name of the episode. She is an avid creative writer, and she does love the animals. So being able to sit and chat with her to get all different sides of Scarlett has been a pleasure, and I hope you enjoy too. Without any further ado, let's get into it. It's my chat with Scarlett Donovan. Welcome back to a brand new episode of New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. It is I, the mayor, Flobo Boys, in the mayor's office on a very May Gray type Friday here in Los Angeles. But as always, I am not alone. I'm being joined by the fantabulous counter of shoulders, Scarlett Donovan. How's it going? I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic. And the fact that you're here, it's definitely a highlight of the week, though. I appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. So, top story, uh, you are a professional wrestling referee, which may be a hit at parties, but how exactly do you describe what you do to someone who's like, wait, what does that mean? Huh? I know. I actually get that question a lot. Um, to be honest, I tend to not uh, tell a lot of people, I think, because just like describing it, unless they already like have some knowledge about wrestling or like are interested in wrestling, then sometimes that uh, act of like describing what I do can be... Uh, a little tedious, I guess. Right. Uh, but usually it's, uh, oh, I I am a, a professional wrestling referee. And then the question that I almost inevitably get is, oh, you mean like the fake stuff? <laughs> yeah. What does that make you feel? How does it make you feel when someone says that, the fake stuff? Um, it's, I feel like it's probably more upsetting to the wrestlers than it is to me, I guess, because like they're, what they're doing out there is certainly not fake. You know, they're sure. putting their bodies on the line. What they do is super athletic. And um, I don't think that people give also give them enough credit for the like creative aspect that goes into it. And also like how much they have to remember out there. You know, I don't think that also people realize that a lot of times, yeah, they're, the matches are predetermined, but they're planning what they're doing in these matches, usually on a very short time span before they actually go out there and wrestle, like, you know, maybe an hour before they go out there and have the match. So okay. being able to sit down with somebody, put together a match with them in a short amount of time and then go out and perform like that certainly um deserves recognition and so i think that when you just say oh like that fake stuff then you're you're really downplaying it a lot so right absolutely uh, yeah for you were you a lifelong fan or did it was an exciting moment for you that made you go oh my god this is my thing like what was that that like opening experience for you like 
Yeah, I was certainly not a lifelong fan. Actually, my brother was a little bit of a wrestling fan. Like he started getting into it like when he, we were young, you know, I was he was probably like 10. I was a, a few years older than him. Yeah. And he was watching it on TV and I like walked by and being the the older sister who always fought with her little brother like we didn't get along. <laughs> we get along right now, but when we were younger we fought. I hear that. Yeah. You know? Um and so I immediately started ridiculing him for it and like making fun of him and doing, oh, this is that fake stuff, you know. Right. Um, and so for, you know, my whole like childhood, teen years into uh, my 20s, I didn't have any interest in wrestling. It wasn't a thing that was even on my radar at all. Um, and then I ended up reading a book. Actually, I read uh, Bret Hart's autobiography. And that's what really like captured my attention. And I think it was because it gave me such an insight into the sport from kind of the back end of things. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, here's this, you know, this fighting on TV. It was, oh, this is all of the stuff that goes into it. This is what goes on into the locker rooms. And this is what the, the people do that want to do this. And I think that that's really what caught my attention is how much work goes into getting to a level like, like that, you know, like the top level, like all of the sacrifices that you have to make, all of the mm -hmm. uh, work that you have to put into to doing that to, to reach that level. So that really kind of captured my attention. I'm a little bit of an overachiever. So I'm like, so I can really relate to somebody who has that drive. Um, right. So after reading that book, I just, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm really interested in this. And I like read a couple more wrestler, like autobiographies and stuff. I did like Jericho's and a bunch of Foley's and um, before I'd even ever watched like a wrestling match. And so after reading all of these books and like reading about all of these matches and all of these things that went around, I'm like, I should probably like watch these matches. <laughs> and so being able to watch them having that background story just made them so much more interesting to me. And it really, really caught my attention. And then, as I mentioned, I'm a little bit of an overachiever, so I can't ever just be like, oh yeah, this is cool. Like, I kind of like this a little bit. It has to be like, oh, this is cool. Like I have to do all the things that are involved with this now. So <laughs> right, right, exactly. It comes with a lot with it. Uh, what was the, the dream then uh, when you were young? What, what was the thing you wanted to do? Like for me, I wanted to be a financial analyst. Obviously that didn't work out, but what was, what was yours? Um, I kind of had two passions when I was younger. Um, I it was a huge uh, a writer. I loved to write. That was a huge passion of mine. Um, and also uh, uh, vet, the veterinary work. So I, I'm actually a veterinary nurse. And that was the the dream that I ended up pursuing because I was like, oh, I need to be. Um, being a writer is a very, uh, I guess, unstable. I don't know that that's the right word. But, you know, it's hard to find like financial stability in, in that type of, of job. You know, it's sure. very self-driven and there's not, you know, it's not like you're absolutely going to be like, be, be able to walk out and like go work in an office type thing. You know, there are writing jobs like that. But um, so I decided to pick the, the, the job that seemed like it was a little bit more stable in, in the veterinary world. And so I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian um, after working in the field for a number of years through high school. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to be a veterinarian because you have to deal with, with, the owner so much. That's really all you do is you do uh, client communication and then you do paperwork. And I enjoyed working with the animals. So I decided to pursue veterinary nursing. Um, and I've been doing that for a very long time now. I won't tell you how long because that will start. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a day over 22. So <laughs> let, 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 let's talk about that moment though. So you had a passion. You actually were able to go down that path and you also do, do the art and science of professional wrestling. Was there a moment where you had to make a hard decision? Was it like a bringing the family around? Like, look, I, I'm doing this, but I'm also doing this. Or it's kind of a free spirit thing. I was like, hey, look, I'm just going to do whatever to heck with everyone thinks. I'm going to do me. What was that feeling like for you? 
Yeah, it was. It, uh, most of my decisions have always been very, very independent. I'm, I'm a very much a, a like an independent person. And whenever I, I set a goal for myself that I'm like, oh, this is a goal that I'm going to achieve, like yeah. kind of regardless of anybody else's opinion or what they have to say. So um, I actually started into the wrestling because I had moved from, I am still very, like I have a very uh, successful veterinary career. I'm very lucky to, to have still have that financial stability, which allows me to uh, do all these other things. Um, but I, I went back to school and I got my master's degree in creative writing. Uh, and then I needed, I felt like I needed something to write about. And I'm like, well, I love wrestling. Like I want to write about wrestling. And so then that kind of led to my journey of like, well, I'll just, you know, I'll take a couple classes and see what it's like. And that way I can like translate this into my writing. And then me being me, I can't just be like, oh, I'll just do this a little bit and ended up being uh, a whole encompassing thing. And now I'm just kind of riding this wave for as, as long as it'll take me. <laughs> Did you want to give the grad school a shout out? You're like, nah, I'm out. I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I went to Southern New Hampshire university. Um, so being, a you know, already established in a career and a very full-time career and a very full-time life. Um, I didn't have the time or the ability to go to an actual like school. Um, so being able to do my degree completely online was exactly what I needed. So their yeah. course was amazing. I learned so much through it. Um, even I think sometimes doing like a writing degree uh, virtually or online can be a little bit difficult because it's nice to have like that room full of people where you can shoot off ideas uh, with and, you know, yeah. have people to kind of trade your work with and stuff. But they did a great job with that program. And, and I, I, felt very lucky to have that available to me. So I was able to pursue my master's degree. Yeah, what's up to Degree Club? You could do it. Everyone listening right now, there, there's so much bandwidth that we underestimate we have. Granted, you want to be able to get your mental health is in check, but I mean, it's great to be able to do that, to count shoulders and to get that advanced degree. I went to film school uh, now, what, 15 years ago? Didn't think I can do it, but somehow they let me graduate. So props. Uh, is there a... a I'll say a dream, but a path for that. Is it like you want to write memoirs, like travelogue? Yeah, I wanted to write fiction. Um, fiction's always been a big passion of mine. And I think that one of the decisions, like when I was like a little, you know, little teenager getting out of high school, ready to like make the decision of what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, I'd always had such a huge passion for writing, but I felt like I hadn't like, I felt like I didn't have any stories to write. You know, I was young. Like, I, you know, you don't you don't have anything to write when you're 18 or 19 years old. You know, what, what life have you lived, really, to be able to write uh, the type of stories that I wanted to write anyway? So I, I always had a big passion for fiction. Um, and then kind of as I got a little bit older, uh, then I was like, okay, I feel like, like I have some stories that I would be able to tell now, you know? So, yeah. Um, and I kind of got to a point in my veterinary career where I was feeling very stagnant. Um, the veterinary profession in general is, is a really difficult um, profession to be in um, it, as far as it takes a big toll on kind of your mental health, especially sure. really careful and aware of that. And when I was younger, um, it wasn't kind of as recognized and addressed in my profession as, as it is now. Luckily, they've really recognized how difficult that profession can be. And they do, in general, the veterinary profession does a very uh, good job of trying to address that and provide support for people. But, you know, when I was younger, just getting into this career, I didn't have that. And so I burned myself out very, very quickly, had 
horrible compassion fatigue. And so uh, my writing was kind of a way to uh, escape that and to kind of treat my own mental health a little bit. So let's talk, let's talk about that compassion fatigue. I, mm-hmm. I've never heard that phrase before, but it sounds so accurate and so real. Uh, how did you, you say you write it a bit, but how did you refill that cup over time? Is, is it something you can like, just like detach from? Do you have to like, you know, go away? Is it something you can do while working and keeping your job or? Yeah, I think that that is um, something that's a little bit individual for everyone. Um, And it's something that I actually still struggle with. Uh, For me, I got to a point where, like, I just felt like I needed to be out of the hospital. Um, Mm -hmm. Just being in that hospital setting and, like, you know, having to deal with all of those patients and deal with all of the the owners and, you know, deal with all those doctors and that kind of complete stressful situation that all of those factors go into. Um, I got to a point where I was like, I just, like, I can't do this anymore. I need to be out of the hospital. So I, I was very lucky that I work for a hospital that's owned by a larger corporation. So I was able to move into uh, a more corporate position so that I'm not having to be faced with um, those situations that were causing me a lot of, I guess, mental anguish, I guess. So that was what uh, worked for me, uh, getting out of that setting and then also finding other ways to uh, you know, refill my cup in a sense, as you mentioned, kind of uh, other ways to let myself, um, let my creative uh, ideas get out there and, and kind of feed that um, part of me a little bit. So that's why I was drawn to writing. And then that's also where I get, uh, I get a lot from, from wrestling as well, because I get a lot of like mental and creative stimulation, but I also get a lot of um, like athletic uh, stimulation as well, physical stimulation. And that's, that's huge for me. I've always been very athletic. So I really appreciate how I'm able to kind of mend both of those worlds together a little bit did you play sports in school as well I did yeah I I was always a softball player growing up um and I I was an equestrian as well I always had horses and rode horses and stuff so Uh, like dressage or just like like just riding or yeah just uh, mostly western Uh, I did like western shows um I did like barrel racing and stuff like that as well (laughs) that's pretty cool I mean I'm from Brooklyn there's not many horses out. I mean there's some but not a whole not a whole lot I'm always like, wow, they poop a lot. Uh, <laughs> so I, I came across uh, your social media presence. And this is to me like the coolest thing because you have found a way to really carve a niche out for yourself in a hotly competitive space. And even though not many people listen to this, maybe into Southern California professional wrestling, but everyone can relate to going out on your own and making yourself a presence online. What was your strategy doing that? And how's it going for you so far? Um, I am constantly surprised at, uh, I guess, how much, how many opportunities I get, um, because I still feel like, you know, I'm very much a, a little bit of a baby in this world. So I, I am so grateful and a little bit surprised at, at all of these opportunities that keep coming my way. And I'm, I feel like I'm very, um, like, social media not savvy. Like, I've never been a big social media person. So going into this profession of wrestling, I knew that that was a huge part of it, you know, because that's, it's, you're, you have to self-advertise and that's a great platform or platforms to be able to do that. And that's how I get the majority of my bookings. That's how I get the majority of my attention. Um, So just trying to, the hardest part for me is just doing, you know, doing it, like creating posts and like putting myself out there. And like, I can't tell you how many posts I've created. And like, I'll read them 50 million times. I'll be like, okay, well, I wrote this, let me save it in the drafts. And then I'll read it tomorrow and make sure it looks good, you know? And like, it's not even like I say anything, like it's a little quote with a picture or something like that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like I have like controversial opinions or anything, you know? Um, So it's been, that's been a little bit of a difficult aspect for me is um, being able to be comfortable with myself enough to like, be able to post things and put things out there. 
Um, so I feel like I'm still very much learning and uh, just kind of trying to figure out what works best. And I'm also very lucky that I get a lot of really great content from the shows that I go to. They usually always have professional photographers there that readily share the photographs that they take of us. So I have yeah. a lot of content that makes it very easy um, and a little bit more comfortable for me to be like, oh, here, I can put this picture out that's professionally taken and makes me look good. So Right. <laughs> And you got fans. I mean, when you make a post, the, the comment section lights up. Like, ah, oh, it's Kyle Scarlett, yeah! Uh, <laughs> which is always a good thing to have. Uh, what's, what's been something that a fan has done for you? Or giving you something fan art, or to let you know something, say some few words. What's been a milestone interaction with your fans? You go, oh my gosh, I'm making it. I'm, I'm doing the thing. I always get very flattered. I've had a couple people ask me um, for like 8 by 10s and stuff like that. And I feel like as a referee, I feel a little silly, like being like, oh, I have merch, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, I don't know. I haven't like crossed, crossed into that, that realm quite yet. Um, but honestly, the biggest um, like moment for me was when I would walk into, uh, you know, walk out to get into the ring and like people recognize me and like people will say my name. And I'm like, oh, that, that makes me feel amazing because usually as the referee, you know, you're kind of like in the background type thing. So for people to actually recognize me and, and know my name as a referee, that that's so flattering to me. Uh, when I was uh, with Mach 1 Wrestling back in 2011, it was a, they were a feat of work for the time, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, because they were in Hollywood. Uh, I was a ring announcer, and, and something very similar, because no one buys a ticket to see the ring announcer, right? It's mm -hmm. kind of weird. But I remember one time being in a high school show, and I was like doing it, and the crowd went nuts. Like, oh, it's that guy! And it was like, thank you so much for doing the extra pop for me. <laughs> but let's get on to the matches. And it was kind of a cool thing how fans do give you that energy if they love you, you know, if they, mm -hmm. if they appreciate what you're doing. It's pretty cool. Uh, so we're in 2022, uh, either two years removed from a pandemic or still in it, depending on how <laughs> you interpret that. Uh, what's been something in, in your experience that you've like picked up, a habit, a, a new recipe, something you've done in the last two years that you realize, hey, look, if it wasn't for the stop down, you probably would not have interacted with with it or discovered it? Um, I, to be honest, my life actually changed very little during the pandemic as far as like my job. Uh, at that point, I was working in, in the veterinary hospital. So we didn't stop our operations at all. You know, we were considered a, um, a vital uh, business. I, I know that's not the right term. I can't remember exactly what they, they termed it. There's a term, but you know, we were considered vital. So we continued our operations as normal. Um, at that point, I was going to school online already. So I already had that going for me. Um, so uh, really, I think that I was a little bit, I don't want to say grateful for that kind of time, but it worked out really well for me because mm -hmm. I had just started my master's program and I had just started going to um, like wrestling school. And I kind of started those things at the same time because again, I'm a crazy overachiever and I can't just do one thing at a time. And when the pandemic hit, then it shut down the wrestling school, uh, which was very unfortunate. However, our wrestling coach was amazing and he kind of took a couple of us under his wing that really wanted to be referees and he did like Zoom classes with us and um, he would try to get ring time with us with wrestlers so we could continue training to be referees. Um, however, without the, the pandemic, like if the wrestling school would have stayed open, then I don't know that I would have been able to do both wrestling school and get my master's degree at the same time just because of the time commitment for both things on top yeah. of working a full-time job. Right. Um, so I 
am a little bit grateful to have had that break uh, from wrestling school because it did allow me to really focus on my master's degree, get that out of the way. And kind of as soon as I finished my master's degree, then things really started picking up in wrestling for me. And now I'm insanely busy with it. So I'm really happy that I was able to accomplish my master's. And then it kind of worked out that things really picked up in wrestling at just the right time. You know, it's funny or not funny. It's interesting that a lot of creatives I've been fortunate enough to speak with about the pandemic has very similar sentiments. Like, yeah, we acknowledge the the negatives as of which there are many, but for a lot of us, a chance to reassess and to realign and see what's important to do side projects has really like almost it was almost like a race having that like formation lap or that safety car lap, letting chance to, to to reassess what's important to you. So I'm so glad you shared that because I felt the same way. Uh, I was a comedian. I, I couldn't get I couldn't get arrested in this town <laughs> and when everything stopped down I got into podcasting and that really really changed my career I'm in a whole left turn and I'm, I'm totally grateful for it which is a weird thing to say but I, I totally understand <laughs> when it comes to that what does Scarlett Donovan do on a day off is there a day off does that exist for you um, no, they're not, not really. Uh, I know I always joke around that, um, I never sleep. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have just been, again, very lucky that I've had a lot of different opportunities come up. Um, so on top of my very full time job that I have within the veterinary career, um, then I also have all of these wrestling opportunities that, that happen for me. I, I train, uh, pretty much every day if I don't have a show, um, and then I'm lucky to have usually at least two to four shows a week. Um, and then on top of that, I also work, uh, operations in the, the new Japan, uh, pro wrestling dojo. We have a dojo here in LA. Um, so I go and I, I work operations there as well. So I have a full-time job, a kind of part-time job, uh, doing operations there. And then my wrestling stuff, which is almost like a part-time to full-time job as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, are you content with, with wrestling or is your aspirations to perform as a wrestler yourself? Um, I, I love refing and I know I get that question all the time and I, I really don't have any desire to become a wrestler. I'm a little bit older. I think maybe if I were a little bit younger then that yeah. would have been a path that I would have, of um, certainly explored a lot more. Um, but at this point, I, I don't know that my body would be able to hold up. Like I did certainly do all of the wrestling classes and stuff. So I, I understand like I can, you know, do moves and, and bump and all that, that nonsense. Um, but, <laughs> but trying to do that on kind of a regular basis, I don't know how well my body would hold up for that. And also like, I, I feel like oh, I need my brain to be in, in good working order so I can write all of this stuff and sure. uh, slamming against the mat uh, multiple times during a match is probably not the best thing for that. No, absolutely. <laughs> I got to ask that question. Even I knew it was cliche, but I think I have to ask that. Question. Uh, during the course of a day, this is kind of piggybacking off the day off question. During the course of a day, if you have a, a gap in your schedule, say two hours or three hours, what's the best way to to make that those time works for you? What do you do in your downtime? Um, sleep, take a little nap. Um, <laughs> Naps are cool. Yeah, right. Uh, usually, I I try to spend a lot of time with my dogs. I have uh, three dogs, so they're the, my kiddos. Um, so usually I'll just, whenever I have free time, I try to take out time to make sure that I'm giving them enough attention and spending time with them. All right. Uh, what is Scarlett Donovan's favorite snack food? And if you say raisins, I swear. Raisins? No, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I, um, I have kind of a very strict diet to, to keep my, myself, you know, athletically fit for all of my refereeing stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't. 
I try to not snack a lot. <laughs> okay. Okay. My snack will be like a protein bar or a protein shake or something. Very, very boring. <laughs> what what flavor of shake? Are you like like unflavored? Like are you hardcore or <laughs> no. <laughs> uh no, usually like strawberry or chocolate or sometimes okay. I'll like some strawberries. If you if you do like a, a chocolate protein shake and just throw some strawberries in there, then it's like strawberries, like chocolate covered strawberries. Yeah. <laughs> A little secret. <laughs> That's how you indulge in a strict diet. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Don't ask me about how I do it as a plate of fries or the air fryers we speak. Uh, what is the dumbest movie that you absolutely love? Oh, <laughs> I have a lot of them. Actually, my like little um, like secret pleasure movie is the the National Treasure movies with Nicholas. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> no secret here, man. <laughs> Jam, Godfather one, Godfather two, National Treasure one, National Treasure two. Yes, absolutely, I know. Whenever that movie, any of either of those movies are on, I'm always like, oh yeah, we're watching this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Declaration of Independence, uh, the Lost City of Gold, this is classics. I'm wearing number three, to be honest with you. You got me hype. I'm so-, <laughs> <laughs> so when when someone's listening to this, and I know their paths may be different, but you were able to to juggle a full time career, a pursuit and event education, and a second career slash job, no matter how you interpret it. What advice do you have for anyone who's just sitting there going, well, I want to do this. There's no time. There's no money. There's no opportunities. No one looks like me in this program. Any advice for them? Uh, honestly, just do it. Like I am, I, when I started doing all of these things, I was a lot older. Like I really wish that I would have had the confidence and the drive when I was younger to really undertake all of these things, because then I feel like I would have so much more time to utilize them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we're always going to have those thoughts of, you know, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough this. I don't have enough that. And my wrestling coach actually told me um, when I was kind of first getting into this business, he, you know, told all of us as a class, he said, you know, when I was younger then everybody would always tell me like, oh, you should submit your stuff to WWE, like just submit your stuff. And he would always be like, no, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. Like I, I want to, you know, get new gear. Or I want to, you know, have different more matches that I can show them and all of this stuff. And then when he finally got to a point where he felt like he was ready, he went and he submitted his stuff and they were like, you know, you've been, do- you've been doing this for too long. Like you have too many bad habits. We're just, we're, we don't think that we're going to be able to use you. And he's like, man, if I just would have submitted it back then, then I would have, you know, even though I didn't feel ready, like you're never going to feel like you're ready until it's mm-hmm. too late. Um, so it, where there's a will, there's a way. Like I, when I started doing my master's degree, I didn't have, you know, a huge financial resource that I could pull on. And I just figured out how to do, you know, student loans and scholarships and all of this stuff. And I was like, I, I just need to do this. Like I'll figure, I'll figure it out as I go. And I'm just going to make this happen somehow. So that's kind of what I did. I just put my head down and and made it work. So I think that, you know, you're never going to feel like you're ready. You're never going to feel like the, the ideal situation is there. And if it's something that you want to do, then you just have to down and make it happen <laughs> wow dropping signs two more questions and i'll get you out of here uh everyone collects something what do you collect <laughs> um i collect piggy banks <laughs> okay yeah. well, like like big ones small ones are they all pigs are they different kinds or they're all pigs i like them to be pigs that's like the very specific thing um and i do have all kinds i do um like when i travel then i try to find a piggy bank that uh, maybe has like that that state or that city name on it somehow, um, or yeah. just something that I can relate to that area. Um, and then I get a lot of uh, people that give them to me now as well as gifts. So my most recent one was like a little piggy. He's like a luchador. He's got like a mask on and a little yeah. 
I'm like, oh, he's my favorite. <laughs> if that is not your your merch shirt idea, uh, Piggy Bang Scarlet Donovan, I would be upset. I would buy the heck out of that. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I got one more wrestling question and then we'll totally wrap this up. Everyone talks about dream matches and dream promotions. I know we take it one match one week at a time, but if you had a chance to do something for the future, is there a dream match, a dream event, a dream promotion that you would like to work for? Um, I, that's, uh, all of them. I want to work for all of them. <laughs> <Smart answer. laughs> that, that way everyone's listening. Going, oh, she said us. She said yes. us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there's so many like dream matches out there. I, I feel like my next, the next match that I get to do is always my dream match. And even sometimes those matches where you're like, oh man, I don't know about this. Or, you know, you're hearing the guys uh, put the match together and you're like, oh, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And then sometimes those end up being the best matches. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a rest hole for 20 minutes and then, okay. So yeah. <laughs> Scarlett, it's been a pleasure how huh? you hang on the show. You really uh, gave us our insight on how you made it happen and you're still continuing to make it happen. If someone wanted to connect with you online, social media, just book you for events, how'd they go about doing that? Uh, yeah, I have uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I'm Scarlett Donovan uh, on all of those things. Also, my email very easily is my first name, last name, Scarlett Donovan at Gmail. So I am certainly available for uh, chats if you need somebody to just talk to or looking for some sort of inspiration or interested in how I, I got into this crazy wrestling business. And I'm always happy to, to chat with anybody. Ah, thanks again for being on the show. Appreciate you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Before you go, just want to say my book, Graduation Day, Life Lessons from the Real World, is now available on Amazon. You know, the concept of the book comes from when I graduated college and I wasn't impressed about my commencement speaker and what he had to say. And I said, I had some life experiences. Let me go back in time to a proverbial time machine and tell younger me things I learned as an adult. I share stories about the time where I almost died riding a motorcycle or the time where I had no money but decided to do a wedding in Italy, DJ a wedding in Italy to save my business and much, much more. Graduation Day, Life Lessons from the Real World is available on Amazon. Just look for me at Flobo Voice. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.